The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. It's Thursday, November the 3rd, 2011, and uh, it's uh, Bouncy Thursday, Dave. Um, Danny Sullivan over at Search Engine Land, I'm sorry, Barry Swartz at Search Engine Land reported on a uh, major change in, uh, in Google algorithms. This is not Panda. Um, that's going to affect, well, roughly a third of, uh, of all search results. Yes, some might say that's kind of huge. <laughs> well, um, that's a, interestingly, we don't know yet. It but, is, yeah. it is. I, I, I really like what they're doing here. Like, I, I understand the purpose. My concern, as, as I'm sure everybody who you know, hears about, oh, an update's coming, uh, especially one of this magnitude is for the, the errors. Um, but to be clear uh, for our listeners on what the purpose of this algorithm change is meant to be, as, as I know you know, Jim, um, this algorithm change is meant to affect searches that indicate some sort of time bias on them. Um, so basically to produce fresh content when the search query is, is indicative of something that would require new content to come in there. The, the example that Barry had used over there uh, was related to cameras, right? Um, as, you know, if searching for uh, best SLR cameras, um, chances are you don't want some information from 2008. So uh, I, I think if, if it's done correctly, if it's implemented correctly, um, this will be a, a huge leap forward. For it, It'll provide a lot of opportunities for online marketers um, where maybe we were having to fight with older legacy sites and scratching our head going, but this content sucks. <laughs> like this, this content's outdated. This content shouldn't be there. Um, and I think it, it provides some fantastic opportunities for searchers who now will be uh, receiving, as Google knows, receiving fresher content, more relevant content to what they're actually intending. The concern, and I'm sure yours as well, uh, is that I have seen problems arise uh, where you end up with collateral damage. I mean, you know, what version you know, were in, version number 84X or whatever um, on, on the Panda update to cover just these things because there's always this collateral damage and things need to be tweaked. So I'll, I'll be interested to see if it's going to affect that many search queries, how much falseness is going to come out of this. And, and that's going to be really, really interesting. Um, but I think the purpose of what they're trying to do uh, assuming that they do it in, in some semblance of right, will have a minimum impact on on queries that it shouldn't affect um, and provide a, a much better experience uh, for the searcher, which in turn turns it into a much better experience for, for you and I and most of our listeners as marketers. Well, over on the Google blog, Google has said that they're um, targeting or trying to affect searches under the following kinds of headings. Recent events or hot topics, regularly occurring events, or stuff that gets frequently updated. Um, so news events or something that's like totally breaking, and Google's using Occupy Oakland as, uh, as its example. 
um, you might see results that are only minutes old. Taking uh, if it's if it's if it's a live happening or breaking event, taking precedence over information that, say, like from Wikipedia, that's more of a general nature. Mm-hmm. Regularly occurring events, um, a presidential election, um, the Fourth of July, um, Halloween, um, regularly scheduled sports events, those will get updated a lot faster. So, say uh, the Redskins were playing on on any given Sunday, you typed in Redskins. And again, instead of the Wikipedia result, you'd get live scores um, or a uh, a breakdown of the matchup of, of, of whomever the Redskins are playing. Lastly, something gets frequently updated. If you have a web page or a website or document that, um, say, your inventory changes frequently or mm-hmm. the the, um, the 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 copy that goes onto that page changes, the narration changes frequently. Um, well, Google will spider and update the result more frequently. So from an SEO perspective, the first thing that came to mind was, wow, getting your sitemaps down is more important now. You know, get putting in indicators into the uh, into the rel section of the under rel tags in the head section is becoming more important now. It is my my concern with uh, with what they're what they're trying to do here, and and I'm sure you know yours as well. Is we we can all see so many opportunities for false positives to come up, or for misunderstanding the query itself. So misunderstanding the intent of a query. Um, you 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 brought up the great point of Wikipedia in the Occupy Oakland um, example. But what if I'm a high school student? coming in there just trying to find some generalized information. I don't necessarily want some forum post about, you know, that somebody was putting up from their phone while they're there. Maybe I do. Maybe that should be included. But why should that necessarily be pushing down something that would be more pertinent to me of of a more general nature? I think, you know, Google will come back and say, well, that's why we're working on personalization, of course. Um, But but I think there's... it, It reflects the nature of how people are using the search engine. I think, I mean, Google's sitting on top of uh, an incredible query stream. Mm-hmm. They get to see what's coming in every um, third of a second. Something new comes in. And, you know, they're tr- I think they're trying to reflect back what the, their, 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 their query stream tells them the users want to see. Um, most, many users are now searching from mobile devices, from cell phones. Um, or... Why are people on the internet? Um, are they there looking directly for information, or are they relaxing after work, trolling through news? You know. Well, you bring up a really good point. There is is things like the device um, and time of day could definitely be used as indicators for something that's going on, or. If all of a sudden you know that one of the big events in this rally are going on because you start start to see an influx of um, sort of forum or tweets or, or whatnot related to a specific event, yeah, you could maybe glean from that that the search volume jump for that query is related to interest in what's going on at that specific moment. Um, and so adjust the the type of queries that are coming in on the fly, right? So now all of a sudden we start considering um, newer data because we've seen this spike while this event is actually underway as opposed to, you know, earlier in the day when the event wasn't on, um, showing things more related to, you know, the Wikipedias of the world, right, where you're, you're starting to get the more generalized data 
um, or data related to what is this event, and then showing more uh, more timely data later on when the event's actually on and things like that. I don't know if they're going to get that sophisticated. It's actually the third, I'm sure long term they will, but I don't know if they'll be able to pull that out of the gate until they have the, the click-through data to match what's what and what's what's working the one that concerns me the most and it's because i mean at the same time it concerns me my brain's working on ways to affect Take advantage it, of. Say. yeah exactly is the third um in the list where frequently updated data related to specific <laughs> i'm loving this <laughs> uh, like said, man, your, you know what use your site maps but if you're telling Google that you're frequently updating stuff, for goodness sake, frequently update frequently stuff. Updated. Um, but then, of course, you and I can see where false positives would come in, things like user-generated content, just reviews, things like that. I mean, heck, there's automated ways that we could make, and, and I won't list them all, but you and I both know them, and most of our listeners probably do too. Um, there, there's automated ways to make this content all look nice and fresh, auto-date change, things like that. So if we're putting in queries related to something that may indicate, you know, best estimate, SLR cameras, for example, does it necessarily mean the list of cameras on my page has changed just because I happen to have some new content there and I'm making it look fresh? No, not at all. Um, so there's so many ways to abuse this. Um, but my big concern isn't actually the, the implementation. I mean, that's, that's definitely part of it. But I, I have that concern every time they try and implement a brand new type of technology. We all do. That's, that's human nature. Um, my biggest concern is where will there be the false positives? Where did they misunderstand the intent and show something completely wrong? Where they're showing fresh content, where fresh content doesn't need to be here, or these sorts of things. Well, and you, and you know that, that that's, that's going to happen. It's bound to happen, and it should happen, because that's how they um, work out. Uh, problems, issues, or miscalculations in the algorithms. Similarly, if you're smart enough to learn how to, if you're smart enough to start exploiting it, for goodness sakes, go ahead and do it. <laughs> you're smart enough to teach Google how to get better. Well, you know, indeed, that's, what, that's, what, that's what Google's doing. Google's watching what, what we in the SEO community do and what people in the uh, affiliate marketing community do and, you know, what the outright um, uh, uh, Russian mob spammers do. Mm-hmm. Because it helps them improve the search results that they give. So yeah, and this, I'm I, I'm going to start playing with frequent updates. Absolutely, especially especially after reading another article that came out of uh, um, search engine over watch. Engine watch. Yeah, over at it, search engine watch, um, Peter Vandergraaf uh, wrote a uh, well wrote up a the conclusions of long-term tests around the panda algo. Now, according to Peter, uh, he and his, he and his uh, partners worked with over 250 websites. Started with 50, expanded to 100, moved to 250 because, you know, they were trying to test out sites that had longevity, sites that were, like, pure and new, sites that had stuff they knew to be crappy content, stuff that had content they could play with. You know, it had crappy content today, but we'll give it good content tomorrow. Um, and they performed a number of different experiments to give what, I don't know, what I, what I think is so far the best, uh, look at how Panda, um, not, no, sorry, not necessarily how Panda has affected websites, but how SEOs can affect Panda, if, 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 if you catch my drift. 
I do. That's that's a great way of wording it. A great way of wording it, and how to recover from um, effects that that may have been negative um, during the panda panda rollouts. Um, I, I agree. I think this is probably one of the best put together tests, um, and a really really well written. Um, document that really clearly outlines the, the effects of their tests and more to the point, what they mean well, um, a, for users. Here's a, the, the most interesting conclusion I've drawn from this. Okay? And uh, a whole bunch of content SEOs are about to get really ticked at me. Um, <laughs> and I should get ticked at myself for saying this, but I'm sorry. I can't help it. This is what I see. Panda wasn't about good content. Panda was about crappy content. Now, good content will trump crappy content, but mediocre content's okay as long as it's not crappy. But most importantly, Panda's about looking at a whole bunch of stuff when they find crappy content on a page. It's not just the content, you know, but the, the, the crappy, um, you know, made for AdSense or, or desperately proliferated in a million different places kind of content is a trigger that makes them look at a number of other factors on page. Um, apparently, pardon the crack in the voice, I'm, I'm trying to read and think and speak at the same time, which is, you know, difficult in the best of days. Um, well, one of the um, Sorry, sorry, go, Dave. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You finish your thought. Um... Not every domain is going to be affected the same way, even if those domains are carrying the same crappy content. Um, the, 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 the newsletters that carry all the eHow content, for instance, one newsletter might have fared quite well in the panned update, while another one got clobbered. There's so many, uh, so many other factors that you have to look at. What triggered the clobbering of the one with the exact same, of, of example B over example A when they both have the exact same content. Part of it is website history. Part of it is um, other pages found within the same domain. Mm -hmm. Part of it is, is the link footprint, where links come from. Um, all of it involves uh, sort of clarity of intention that I think Google is trying to suss out. But again, as I started, it's not necessarily in having great content. It's about not having lots of crappy content with crappy links and, you know, just a general crappy web environment. Well, the, the thing is, and, and I think that it's a good point to note, um, I think it's one thing that, that is clear is it's really, really difficult for an engine to tell mediocre from great, right? I mean, these are, these are difficult to, to suss out. Um, because they, their, their essential footprint would look very, very, very similar in, in one case versus another. Um, but in talking about mediocre content and why it, it really couldn't be affected by Google in any massively negative way, um, I think one just has to look and go, this is the way it has to be. Because when I'm looking for information on the web, if I'm looking for information on, say, web development or um, or SEO or link building or, or whatnot that I look up you know, very, very regularly, yes, what I would be looking for is good content. Like I, I need higher level, 
good content because of my you know starting point information base is high in these areas. Um, but if I'm looking up stuff on you know how to make my you know rabbit you know why is my rabbit sick or or something like that, now all of a sudden the content that I'd be looking for may be determined by other people to be mediocre because my reading level into these areas is not high. Uh, so it, it's a funny thing because you end up hitting a spot where what is mediocre to one may not be mediocre to another. Um, I know uh, your friend of mine, Terry Van Horn, brought up a, a great point during uh, SES Toronto when we were sitting on the Panda panel. Um, and, and we were discussing, you know, sort of what makes good content and this and that. And he's like, well, if I want to look up how to bake a potato, what I want is an eHow document with five steps on how to bake a potato. I don't want a Wikipedia article on the history of potatoes in, in Idaho. Right? I mean, and that was a really good point. For all intents and purposes, a lot of the content on eHow would be deemed as mediocre content or low-quality content. But for certain reading levels or for certain query types, this is exactly what you want, right? I mean, I don't want a big 2,000-word essay on potatoes when all I want to do is know, you know, do I oil this thing before or not, and should I wrap it in tinfoil, right? When that's all I want to know, what I want is something at, a, at what would be deemed by Google to be a mediocre level, maybe even a low-quality level. So you do hit this, this spot where they have to put that line in and go, okay, everything above this line has to be treated equal because it completely depends on what the person is doing. And I may be looking up baked potatoes and want something different, you know, depending on exactly what I'm looking for. And it, 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 it was Terry's example, and I think it was a great example of when these, these Panda update punishments weren't working and when Google wasn't necessarily understanding intent um, when, we were, when we were running queries. So... Um, so yeah, I, I think that's going to be one of the big challenges, and I think that reflects a lot of what was what was noted in this document is they've had to go no low quality we can tell, but medium versus high quality content it depends on what you're looking for, depends on your starting reading level, and it's really really difficult to tell what which is which. So we have to assume it's all you know sort of the same type of content. Um, but then of course, as you know, as I know. Fortunately for us, the searcher decides after that. So if they just have to go, well, we have to count all medium-level content and all high-level content as the same, well, that's fine, because now all you have to do is just watch the searcher. And depending on how they react to this content, you know, if they're there and bouncing after 10 seconds, well, there's your answer. <laughs> now you know that that isn't, it may look by an automated tool as mid-level content, but your searcher gave it a vote, and, you know, if 100% of them are bouncing in five seconds... Now you know, and, and you can you can drop it from the results altogether, but you have to start it out on an equal equal playing field um, just to, you know, to make Google, sure that you're not missing something. Google's really funny. It, uh, it needs to protect the integrity of its organic search results. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it needs to try to deliver information that search users are, you know, showing showing great interest in. Um, right. And that means it has to specifically promote content rather than allow it to be algorithm al algorithmically delivered, right? Right. Um, and so that, you know, does bite into the concept of integrity of the organic SERPs. So it tries to mix and match and, you know, has universal search and has, um, you know, different types of display. It automatically goes into local search if you type in a local modifier like um, Victoria, Vancouver, um, Bellingham, or Seattle. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, it has to make money. 
Something else you might find really interesting about uh, about your Google search result pages um, this week. Look at where the AdWords are located now. You might not see them running down the um, right-hand side of the monitor any longer. You might see them appearing at the bottom of organic search results. Apparently, Google is, again, experimenting with the layout of its, uh, of its SERPs. And it finds that users click and trust ads appearing at the bottom of search results more then they treat the then they click or trust the ads to the right of search results. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> that is kind of interesting. Um, you know what we I, I know we've we've got to take a break here in, in in just a second here, but I think that's a point that I would like to chat further about when we uh, when we come back. Okay. Well, um, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You guys are listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm on Thursday, November the 3rd. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. In 500 yards, CPA Way will be on your right. You have reached your destination. On the interstate of Internet marketing, CPA Way helps you monetize the way. No matter which direction you're heading, CPA Way is your route to low-risk revenue. Advertisers, we have paved the way to delivering revenue channels that will meet and exceed your expectations. Publishers, we monitor and manage your campaigns to bring you the most revenue possible. Publishers can feel secure to leverage direct offers, while advertisers can find safety, offering their most valued campaigns. The road to trust, respect, integrity, and honor is just ahead at cpaway.com. Two, one, boost to ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Radio's Virtual Autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm. Moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. 
Hey, welcome back to Webcology here on Webmaster Radio and FM. It's Thursday, the 3rd of November, 2011. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media and Dave Davidson from Beanstalk SEO. And we're talking about, well, just, you know, changes at Google. Um, how Google is evolving from being a pure search engine to an advertising engine to a media company to a influence engine, is it? Um, <laughs> to a social media network. And, you know, what's... No, what's really going on at Google? They just um, just before we went to break, we mentioned how they've changed the look of their search results. Um, AdWords is now going to be pushed down to the bottom. Apparently, people click and trust more there. Um, Dave, how does um, we got a major algo shift? We're mm-hmm. just starting to get a handle on Panda. Incidentally, Panda affected about twelve percent of search results. This new uh, new and unnamed algo shift is supposed to. Uh, affect 35 or so percent of results. Um, how's this going to affect search, search marketers, Dave? Uh, the SERPs are looking different. They're acting different. Is uh, is Google changing um, in a way that really affects SEO? Um, well, I think in this case, it's it's not so much. I mean, in, in moving their ad placement, um, I think that it kind of is, but not in a way, unfortunately, that most of us can react to. Um, you know, it, 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 in any way that's you know, aggressive or, or positive or, or even sure, um, for them to come out and say people are going to trust ones at the bottom over ones, uh, you know, off towards the right, that's that's quite an interesting statement because I've never heard somebody go, hey, you know, I'd, I'd rather be, you know, because of, of this trust there. Well, I've never heard somebody say I'd rather be at number 10, right? Then, I mean, sure, they would over, say, number 11, but not over, say, number 4. Right, mm-hmm. so so to to go there to to now take this box from what is above the fold. Yes, it's off to the right, but you've seen the eye tracking studies as much as I have. Those those first couple listings over on the top right do have eyeballs, and they have some fairly solid eyeballs. Um, I can speak from my own experience on on the PPC campaigns that I run for our company. Um, that yep, the click through rate and eyeball rate over there is is fairly high, um, and so you know. If, Fantastic. So for them to now try and pull that down off to to the bottom of the page, will they keep that exclusive is really the question. So will they be basically going, hey, we're as as you're seeing there, I'm seeing the classic ones where I'm where I'm located right now. But um, will they take it from the from the right hand side, move it to the bottom or will they now test it over there and then drop it back in both places, which is what I would hazard they will they will probably do. Um, well, fair what enough they're definitely going to do is place it where it makes them the most money. That's what they're definitely <gasps> going to do. Exactly. And I mean, I'm certainly not going to begrudge them that. I think that's, I mean, they're, they're running testing. Fantastic. Obviously, they're going to want to also run some tests on, you know, are, are we going to annoy people if we put this, this over there as well? Um, what I'm hoping for, and, and one of the things that I think may come of, of this is because they tend to color their boxes differently because they have to because they have to clearly illustrate these are you know paid advertisements will this actually in an interesting way draw the eye to that area and then underline basically the number nine and ten positions um, mm-hmm. that's what I, I think may affect the organic SEO side of things uh, what, how it'll affect the paid search side of things I guess we're gonna have to wait and see fortunately Google's still providing all that that wonderful data to let us know um, you know how our click-through rates are going to be affected by this move from the from the paid search side of things. What I think will be more yeah. interesting for me as an organic will be, uh, or, or as a predominantly organic SEO is, will this now start to draw the eye down into that area? 
um, because of this colored box existing down there? Or will people still just not tend to scroll? And I think that's going to change query type by query type. Um, so, you know, and, and I'm sure you, you know, you've seen that too. There are certain query types that person doesn't really care they're just you know they're going to look at the top you know three four results and and you know whatever as soon as soon as they find a way to bake a potato they're gone um, <laughs> you know th those sort of queries i don't think they'll be affected but you hit long decisions that people tend to or, or queries that people tend to make longer decisions they're making a, as in more a you know quasi either a, an important environment like they're looking for medical advice or legal advice or something like that or where it's it's much more a, a leisure thing and they're ha they're enjoying their their query I, i've seen a lot of that works um sites related to say wedding dresses or wedding invitations and stuff like that they can be down in, in position eight um and and still get plenty of traffic from it and you think about it and go right of course because there's these women who are now engaged freshly heck they're just happy to be looking Right, I mean, they're you know just just going going you know through these things. Now that that may be you know I, I perhaps shouldn't have said um, you know women specifically because I'm sure there's many men. I know how when I got married that that whole thing played out, um, and I sort of went, yeah, whatever you want, <laughs> that's you know whatever makes you happy on this day. That's fantastic. I'm just happy we're getting married. Um, so you know it, 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 you, you hit those sorts of queries. <laughs> it those sort um, of queries where um, it, it depends a lot on on your intent, how how that's going to affect things, and whether they'll even get those clicks at the bottom. So, well, given um, how we'll given see. how user devices are changing, user access devices again, I'm all I'm all with devices are getting smaller. People's vocabularies are becoming truncated. Um, it's either text speak or just a, you know, we use less words in a day. I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mostly because of text messaging and such. Um, search queries are going to change and shift, and, you know, following the searcher, which every SEO should be doing, always think about the searcher. Why are they, why are they writing uh, queries this way? What are they thinking? What's the regionalization involved in, in, in query thought, etc.? We got a question from the chat room I want to get to. I know we're, uh, actually, it's, it's now 30 minutes after the hour. We're going to have to take a break in a second. Before we do... I want to uh, field this question. I'm going to ask it verbatim, and then uh, and then ask what I in the way I think the questioner meant to ask. The question is: How do you feel the freshness update will affect reputation sites? Now I'm confused about the word sites. I think that the person meant uh, reputation stats. Um. So, need for fresh content, rewarding fresh content. How do you think it's going to update the, you know, or or going to jive with Google's um, reputation score for for any given page? See, now that's that's a very very interesting question. Now they also could have meant sites and be referring to sites like Ripoff Report and the uh, and the such. I'd I'd be interested well, that, in getting some clarification on that. Um, if that's <laughs> I hate Ripoff Report. They're bastards. Uh, you can tell them uh, I yeah. said so too. <laughs> well, I I, I know when we do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, I, I think it'll have a have a high impact in some areas, lower in others. Um, which which may sound like a cop out answer, but if you're part of a brand that isn't even on the radar, um, I, and I mean of Google, I mean there's there's plenty of brands and there's there's plenty of um, people who you know you'd be searching for their company name and such. You know, a, a lawyer in uh, you know a smaller community in New York State or something, right? Where yes, you want your brand in there, but 
is Google really looking for for freshness information for the query for your uh, for your law firm name or something well, that like depends. that? Are there three law firms in this small town in New York State? Are they competing for like search results either on local search or in um, in general search? Um, so in, in some cases, yeah, maybe it makes a difference between being third and second result, and second or first result. For some, but I'm referring to, like, because you're talking reputation here, I'm referring to searches for that specific firm name, right? Not for, yeah. like, you know, law for firm. Like but for a branded search, because we're chatting about reputation, that's that's what I'm gathering we're, we're heading more to. Um, okay. So what is, you know, is this going to be something that, that is going to be greatly impacted by Google's algo change towards fresh content? Probably not. But if we're dealing with something that, that's much more in the news, a, fra- you know, a brand like, say, Google, to list an example, uh, not that they don't have you know, the, the top ten pretty nicely tuned up, but um, you know, Google or Nike or, or any of the major brands, uh, especially if we hit a brand where you know, a, a pharmaceutical company or something, and then all of a sudden there's a, you know, a major recall or a major lawsuit, will this impact them from a branded um, perspective where all of a sudden the fresh content is going to start affecting, you know, be it reputation, you know, sites like Ripoff Report or just reputation like news and, and, and forums and these sorts of things all of a sudden getting this priority as, um, as all of this, you know, news on the recalls or whatnot are being put out. Uh, to that end, I think there'll be a huge thing. Like if Pfizer had to have some big recall or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll have a huge impact on them. But if it's if it's some small firm that you wouldn't know about unless you're in this small town, probably not. Okay, uh, we just got clarification from Brasco in the studio. Apparently, the, uh, the 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 writer meant website, not reputation score. Um, will it have effect on on websites? Yes. Fresh content rocks, especially yeah. if you hire a content writer. Um, <laughs> a few call me. Um, <laughs> Okay, we have to go to break. Um, Last thing before we go to break. Dave, are you growing a mustache? It's Movember, dude. (laughs) I I am not. No. No. And if you're you're interested in participating in Movember, I ask you, and I, I know it's supposed to go to prostate cancer research, but this is a matter of personal interest to me. I'm hoping anyone who wants to sponsor my mustache will donate to breast cancer research. Again, 43-year-old guy, what am I more interested in, saving bullets or saving breasts? You know. <laughs> anyway, on that, Ever, we are going to get to more stuff on the ripoff report. I'm glad somebody asked a question about it because it allows me to say that they're bastards again. Um, but before I can say that the ripoff report are total bastards one more time, we have to take a break here on WebCology at webmasterradio.fm. Um, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Stay tuned. Back calling the ripoff report bastards after these messages. <laughs> Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit the Internet Marketing Ninjas booth at PubCon 2011 Vegas or visit imninjas.com. The Ninjas are coming. 
As you know, being an expert at f- What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f- Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f- performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. WebmasterRadio.fm. Take your hat off, kick your feet up, and log into the feed. We're here for you 24-7. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's Thursday, the 3rd of November, 2011. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And, um... Oh yeah, we were we were between topics. We just talked about November. Um, oh no, ripoff report. We're jump. We're we're going down on the ripoff report. Um, they're bastards, eh? <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Jim. Uh, well, you know, I feel I feel almost as good as the time uh, a few weeks ago when I got to uh, interpret the word Santorum over and over and over again on uh, on this show. You know, um, the presidential, can- the idiot Republican presidential candidate, Rick Satorum, um, whose name has come to mean the frothy mix of fecal matter and lube that is often the result of anal sex, that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fun to say that over and over and over again. But um, this is, we're talking about, um, you know, sites like the Ripoff Report. And there's um, the sites like this all over the web, um, as you call them, Dave, reputation sites, uh, consumer reputation sites. Um, in Toronto, we have Homestars. Um, the Ripoff Report is the most well-known. I'm not sure what serves the Vancouver, Victoria market or the New York, New York market, but there's also a site called Angie's List in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, these are kind of cool websites in some ways, except for the Ripoff Report, who, of course, are bastards, in that they give consumers the opportunity to write reviews of people who come into their homes or a to-do service like a plumber or an electrician or um, companies I might have, um, you know, outsourced services to antique refinishers um, for food like restaurants or caterers. Now, the good thing about these sites is, of course, this is consumer informing consumer. It's, uh, you know, kind of a, um, almost like a social media for consu- specifically for consumers of, of goods and services. The bad thing about these sites is that only people who've had crappy service, um, they're the ones who are most inclined to, to write a review. So, And this is something SEO's got to watch out for. 
because often if your client is a public business and, and serves real people, they probably piss somebody off over time. It's just the law of averages. Doesn't mean they got a bad service, but do it long enough, you're gonna piss somebody off. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna write something nasty about you online and it's gonna end up in one of these like consumer sites or reputation sites. And because there's a lot of content that goes into these sites, user generated never but you know, fresh content, which often links to websites, links to maps, links to um, stuff that Google can verify as being legitimate and true information. Well, you know, these posts often rise up in the in the rankings. And you know, actually we have a client who provides a perfectly good service but has a couple of posts at ripoff report that are just hammering them. Now, everyone everyone must know ripoff report and know the um, scam that goes down with ripoff report. They will remove your listing if a bad listing about you if you pay them enough. Otherwise, they use tremendously well-toned SEO to make sure that their results come up in the top, you know, Top, often in the top results when you do a branded search for a company big or small um, and it costs a lot of money to drive them out of the top 10 a lot of development work has to be done so will they succeed under the freshness quali- under the freshness um, algo? Perhaps perhaps there is a quality algo that Google's going to be applying that we're not aware of um, you know one algo does lead to another, does lead to another. They don't throw away the old ones before introducing new facets to them. So, who knows? Well, it's, it's an interesting game. And then you also point out that does it become a waiting game? Or, 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 or uh, allude to does it become a waiting game? Because if all of a sudden this fresh content does matter, can you then look and go, wow, ripoff report rank number four for my name, and this just sucks, and... You know, all right, I'll wait a few months, and then it'll be gone. <laughs> well, <laughs> because yeah, as long as nothing new comes. few months, right? How much money do you lose in that few months? Right. When well, indeed. When client lose in that few months when people are finding out that they're scoundrels instead of good service providers? Well, I- indeed. One can also look, perhaps, um, and go, but if they're giving this weight to fresh content in a way that we can manipulate... Um, well, then, are there other other opportunities? Say, I'm a restaurant in Victoria, BC, and and you know, there's this ripoff report because of whatever. Um, okay, can I now utilize sites like Yelp, um, you know, or or the such? Right, where can I just start getting new, fresher content in there? Well, certainly uh, you can, but it's now. Co- but you're a restaurant owner. This, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of the typical client that you might have or that that I have. Okay, right. These are small to medium sized business owners. Good people doing their jobs, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, running a nice restaurant, um, selling good clothes, that sort of stuff. And they're not webmasters. We are. Now, I love my clients. I really do. But it's a conditional type of love. They pay <laughs> me. Um, when they when they stop paying me, or there's an interruption in that stream, you know, the love, it's fickle. Um, <laughs> it's true. I'm being honest. Um, but I, yeah, I love my clients. It's fickle on it. That's just, <laughs> they got to pay me to get in to go in and work with Yelp or have or give them a strategy to have their um, happy customers mm-hmm. make a post to Yelp. I don't I don't do that because I love them. I, I I give them that strategy and I help them out because they pay me. 
So right. ripoff report has now cost my client money, which has happily gone into my pocket. But, you know, given that they're already paying me and I already love them, I hate seeing them go through this hassle. Although I do, I do like them, them paying me for reputation management and stuff. Um, it kind of sucks that they got it in the first place. You know, it, it does suck. One may counter from our perspective of things. Not for I know your feelings about ripoff report. Yeah, One I know. May- go ripoff report. Go, you <laughs> bastard. You're making me money. Uh, oh, well, and, and the thing is, is are they in that instance in a weird way? Are they just forcing our clients to do what they should have been doing anyway? Now they're doing it to counter something else, but through this. They've been forced to actually create an initiative that gets their visitors and and, and their patrons um, active because as these things become more important, um, you know, as as fresh content is taken as a bigger and bigger factor into these things, does it now become so important that they should have been doing that anyway and we're actually just rip-off report inadvertently is going to be forcing them to do the thing that's going to help them protect their website rankings and brand down the road? Absolutely, Dave. Um, first rule of crisis management is find a way to make the crisis into a win. Right. Absolutely. Um, it forces uh, your, your your clients or our clients into the social media. It forces them to put their best foot forward in word, which they have to back up in practice because now they've they've gotten a clue as to how consumers have the power to drive and immediately change perception. Of a business, and you know, you don't got to be a consumer advocacy group. You don't have to have the power of, of Ralph Nader and the public interest resource groups behind you. You can be one person at a keyboard who received crappy service um, at, at some franchise, some pizza fr- national pizza franchise gave you crappy service, mm-hmm. and if you have a large enough social reach, or if you phrase it in a way that just resonates with other people out there. You, the individual consumer, can cause some serious damage to that company's reputation. And when we get clients who come to us with reputation management, they've learned that. Um, so they got to put their best foot forward always in in service and, or in word and in deed. And that's kind of cool. I mean, you know, in the same way that black hats make Google better, um, perhaps you're right. These sites may well make... Um, force our clients into into doing um, all the right things. Indeed. Well, sometimes it takes that kick in the butt to send you in, on, uh, in the right direction. So, um, I thought of it that way. So what else do we have here? There's, there, there's a, a, since we're on the topic of Google and we're down to uh, just a few minutes left here in the show, um, there's the iOS issue, the Google's launch... <laughs> Um, Google's had a hell of a week, is what it really boils down to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Google is, I mean, I I remember writing about this years and years and years ago, fascinated with what Google's intentions were. And it's kind of neat to see many of of mine and and many others in the the sector's assumptions starting to come true, but not the way we expected them to. Okay. Um, we all have to have goals to reach, but, um, um, mountains to climb. And for the longest time, Google's mountain has been Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Now, what makes Microsoft big? What 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 supports my what what is Microsoft's revenue based on? Two major pillars: 
Office, and 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 Windows. Mm-hmm. So the operating system and the productivity suite that goes with the operating system. Um, Google having the capability to be one step ahead of Microsoft in storage capability um, has been working with companies like the Mozilla Foundation for a decade um, with Cisco, with other companies to create at the cloud. The cloud is what um, see, Microsoft always won because they had the operating system that ran on the computer where you stored all your stuff. Right. You needed the big computer and the big memory to run all this stuff that got stored on, you know, one central location, your central location. Google's very interested in software as a service. Look at Google Docs. I mean, I just want to go down to the basics. I don't even want to get into their social networking attempts um, or their, their, image, their image manipulation attempts. Um, just the basics, productivity suite. Google Docs is almost as good as Microsoft Office, and it's very much as good. It's it's as good as um, as Open Office. Why? And, but it's all in the clouds. Free software as a service, provided you don't mind looking at advertisements once in a while. Um, their most recent attempt at making an operating system. Well, you know, um, it's probably anti-competitive, and it's not going to get adopted. Because everyone's scared of Google now, because no one wants to see Google become the mountain. (laughs) Right. Um, Um, But I think Google still is making a serious threat to Microsoft and to to the underpinnings of of, uh, Microsoft's business. They are. They are. I mean, you know, there's, there's no doubt Google's Google's a, a powerhouse. Um, but through this week, I mean, you, you look at their um, their uh, Gmail app for the iOS um, that absolutely bombed. Um, well, it's it's funny. Look a lot like Outlook, isn't it? Well, I mean, the, the, there was a, a tweet out there um, just recently from from our friends over at Google, the iOS app we launched today contained a bug with notifications. We have pulled the app to fix the problem. Sorry, we messed up. Um, and, and, and they had they had pulled their app. Um, they've hit problem after problem with a, a whole array um, of different launches recently. Um, you know, not the least of which was Google Plus. I know there's there's a lot of fanboys out there that are still you know rallying behind it. Has a lot of perks. It's just that nobody cares. Well, that's that's the thing. And and one one could say their deployment strategy was flawed. Uh, And the thing is, a few weeks ago, they were engineers, not marketers. Well, and you know what? You hit the nail on the head. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, and their tendency, as as you and I have joked about over the last, I don't know, how long have we been doing shows? Like, right back to the alternative. Um, yeah. Back, whatever, 2005, 2006, when we, when we first started chatting, about their tendency to launch everything in beta. And I think right now it is really coming out to bite them in the ass. Um, because they're they're launching these things in beta without this full testing. And I don't know that they're fully understanding that I, as a user, don't care if you call it beta. <laughs> You're putting this thing out, and it now needs to be great, because I'm being asked to adopt it. Whether you call it beta or not, I mean, yes, I may understand what that means, as I, as a user, heck, you know, I got the beta test Battlefield 3, that was awesome. <laughs> so, But I understood that this is probably going to be a little bit buggy. 
um, and then I'm going to be limited in what I can do and, and then that sort of stuff. Okay, we're gamers, so we understand this sort of thing. But, um, you know, heading into, you know, my dad adopting things and things like that, they, they push these products out. It's just sort of one black eye after another to their case. Now, it's, of course, not affecting their core search, um, you know, paid advertising revenue yet. But their problem is, is if what they're wanting to do is, is have us adapt and, and adopt all of their new technology so that they can collect more and more data, they've got to stop doing this. Right? Well, more got than that, Dave, we, have, we only have a couple minutes left. I just want to get this in. It's not necessarily about them trying to capture our data. Everyone's trying to capture our data. It's mm-hmm. about them trying to um, affect how users evolve. Same thing with iPhone. It's all about affecting how the users evolve because like, they know we're in a massive transition period, right? Yep. Um, search is not going to be the same three years from now as it is today. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's an easy truism. True. But um, they who control how we do what we do, they get the ad bucks. And I think that's what, that's what Google is, is you know, really working on. Um, speaking of ad bucks, we've got to earn some and we've got to go. We're done. It's been Again. a whole 54 minutes. Another week gone. <laughs> Another week gone. Okay, uh, you want to take us out? I'm um, I'm feeling kind of dizzy. <laughs> Sure. Um, Thank you very much for joining us here. Uh, We look forward to chatting with you next week. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Joined, as always, Jim Hedger, Digital Always Media. This is always media. Uh, (laughs) uh, We look forward to chatting with you all next week, and uh, have a good one.